Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff After Hours Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, a 27-year NYPD retired veteran. I was a sergeant, Manhattan North Homicide Squad. And with my partner, with all things law enforcement, a 20-year, 20 years and out, retired detective, Mark DeMeo. Mark, welcome to the show. What's going What's on? What's up, Bill? I'm very, very excited tonight. This is like a dream come true. You know what's amazing? We got like the Babe Ruth of undercovers. You know, if if, if this was baseball, we'd have, we'd have Babe Ruth on the show, you know? <laughs> so you folks that don't know, this is the real, well, this is Joe Pistone. That's his real name. But he's a.k.a. Donnie Brasco. And if you don't know the story from the 1997 movie called My Life in the Mafia, Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino and um, Johnny Depp. Johnny yeah. Depp. Johnny Depp, that was it was a famous movie. But the, the real life story, though, is way more exciting. Joe Pistone, welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Good evening, gents. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, I would have never made you with those sunglasses on. Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> That's you, good. I'm glad. You, you fooled me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Joe, one of the most amazing things about your story is that you went to go undercover for six months, and you wind up undercover for six years. It reminds me of my old Irish uncle who went out to a gin mill, you know, <laughs> just for a couple of drinks and didn't come home for a year, you know? <laughs> that happened to a lot of Irishmen, didn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the reason that happened is because we we base our, our operations on six-month interviews. Every six months uh, – that's how they're uh, funded. And uh, if you're making progress, then, you know, then you apply for uh, refunding and you go another six months. So I was lucky that uh, I had a good boss and uh, Guy Barada, who was the supervisor uh, of the squad in New York and uh, a couple other good friends, uh, Jules Montevallante uh, and, uh, that they saw, you know, that there was uh, there was some uh, some good going to come out of it, and uh, so they 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 extended it the first six months. Although I hadn't make any real headway, except met some people, but no no real uh, no inter introductions to anybody. But so that's how it it went. Well, you know, I can't believe you hung out in the bar for six months and you don't even drink. <laughs> what the hell were you drinking for six months? <laughs> Well, the extent the extent of my drinking is a uh, maybe a half a glass of red wine or a half a bottle of beer. I can't even finish a whole a, a whole beer, but I think that comes from growing up around bars and uh, bartending when I could in you know in in bars that my dad ran. So, but I never became a drinker. No. I, and, you know, that's one of the things I tell these young undercovers. You know, they all think that uh, they watch too much television, right, guys? I mean, they they see these cop shows on television and, the, you know, uh, the undercover taste the dope and all that stuff or <laughs> drink all night. You know, you, you got to be yourself. You got to have your own personality. And nobody cares if you drink or not. Who cares? I mean, yeah. You know, and I, I hung around with guys, you know, you guys are New Yorkers and guys I hung around with, you know, I think that the, uh, 
the guy with the least amount of hits, I think, had nine under his belt. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you hey, just you be yourself. That's it. Hey, you started off in Miami, right? Uh, as an agent, didn't you? And then you oh, got Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Were you well, like when you got the call to go up uh, up north? Were you happy about that, or were you, were you like? Ugh. Because you were leaving the sun and the fun and all that? Yeah. Well, see, back in the day, you knew you were only going to be in your first office for a year. <clears throat> so, you know, back when I came, came in, uh, you were going to be in your first office 12, 13 months. So it didn't matter where you went. You weren't going to be there longer than maybe 13 months. Uh, and then I went to – actually, uh, from Jacksonville, I went to Alexandria, Virginia. And worked uh, worked there, and then I got transferred to New York after a couple of years. Now, Joe, one of the things I I'm so interested in: who invented Donnie Brasco? Who built the character? Who built his past? Who built who he was? Who who did that? Who was responsible for that? Uh, I basically did, uh, and and of course, I mean, as far as putting all the backstopping in place, the FBI did. But you know, I came up with the with the name and, and myself and and, uh, and my supervisor came up with the uh, profession of being a jewel thief. Uh, and, you know, we laid out how, how we were going to uh, proceed with the case. We didn't want any informant. Uh, so it was strictly a cold, cold case. When I say cold case, I mean, the entry was, was cold. Hey, I got to ask you something. Since you're talking about being a Julia, uh, jeweler, was it really a fugazi? I always wondered it. Yeah, it was. It was a fugazi? Yeah, yeah. Even though you told him to keep his mouth shut? Yeah. It was a fugazi. <laughs> that bastard, he just yeah. what he got. You know, every, everything's, a, everything's luck, you know? I mean, uh, you know, you look at it with the loop. Look, I, I, you know, it's been so many years now, but, you know, you could you could tell like, the, the color and stuff like that, so... I took a shot, and it turned out that it was, you know. <laughs> you know, Joe, just a little background on you. You grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. Correct. You're, you're Sicilian. At one time, you used to speak fluent Italian, right? I, I understand you don't any longer, right? No, I spoke it. I spoke it, but, you know, in, in the house, uh, you know, I grew up with uh, Italian grandparents. My mother and father both spoke Italian. All my aunts and uncles, you know, uh, but you know, it's like anything else. You don't, you know. Once, uh, once everybody passes on, nobody speaks it anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Unless and then you went. I'm sorry. Unless you're using it on the job. Yeah. Well, you know, I tell you what, the guys I hung around with, none of them spoke Italian other than the Sicilians, the, the Zips. But the other guys, <laughs> I love that term zip. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And you went and you went to college and you studied anthropology of all things, right? And then yeah. you were in the Navy. You were in U.S. Navy intelligence. intelligence. Right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really study anthropology. I don't know where that came from. I mean, uh, uh, I had some courses in it, but it wasn't my major. Oh, my okay. major was social studies. It was a it was a history major. Yeah. Well, you know, well, two weeks studying gemology is not exactly an education either. And, and you know, I mean, no. could the FBI didn't want to spend any more money on your education? Well, what I did was. Uh, uh, I think the school was more than more than two two weeks. Actually, I can't remember what it was, but besides going to uh, 
to a school to loan uh, diamonds and precious gems. I also hung out with a, a friendly jeweler in his back room with his with his guy. Uh, and when I felt that I, you know, I knew enough to get by in conversations and everything, that's that's when that's when I hit the streets. And because look, <clears throat> so that's what that's when you were the baddest ass I've known of any FBI agent. Look at that. You yeah. even have a you even have a porn star mustache. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and the mafia told me to, to shave it, actually. <laughs> really? They, they, had, they had a dress code? Yeah, they did. Yeah. No mustaches. No, no. When I when I uh, uh, got to the point with the uh, with the Bonanos that uh, they you know they accepted me and that now they let me into the social clubs uh, <clears throat> with Jerio, who was my mafia partner. When I you know uh, sat me down and and said, Donnie, you know you, you got to shave your mustache uh, and. Uh, no long hair, no facial hair. We want you to be neat at all times. You know, uh, yeah, uh, they made, yeah. I, they, he he told me I had to shave it if I wanted to. And if I didn't, it would show a lack of respect. So so you had to know all those mafia-isms. You had to know the rules, right? Because I remember there was a, a, a an incident where you were getting grilled and they were grilling you for five hours. And you you punched the shit out of the guy who was grilling you because he wasn't a made guy. Yeah. But if you if you would have hit the made guy, you would have got whacked. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they they have rules. I mean, and you know, look every every organization, every criminal organization have rules. And some of the rules of the mafia, some will get you killed, and <clears throat> some will just they'll show you have no respect. And uh, I knew going in because. You know, you have to, you know, you, you have to know your enemy. You have to know everything, especially when you're going into an undercover operation. You got to know everything about the group that that you're basically targeting. And, uh, uh, you know, how do you get these rules? You, you know, you talk to agents that that, that have good informants. Uh, and uh, and I grew up in a mafia neighborhood. I grew up in a neighborhood where there were mob guys. So, you know, you know, you know, some of the rules. I mean, look. Uh, but one of the rules that that'll get you killed is uh, if you get in, a, in if you get into a verbal beef with a made guy, uh, and you're not a made guy, you, you can't embarrass him in front of other people. So you know, but you 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 can't back down. But uh, and and if you're in this uh, this confrontation, and uh, he decides to give you a smack. You got to take it if he's a made guy. You can't lay your hands on a made guy. If you put your hands on a made guy, it's it's automatic. Uh, it's it's automatic. You're going to get killed. Yeah. Wow. I remember the guy. The guy Mira disrespected you in front of some other people, and you pulled them on the side and you told them how unhappy you were with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it in front of other people, but that's one of the that's one of the uh, that that's one of the things that you know that 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 made us split up because uh, that that guy was probably the meanest guy i ever i ever dealt with in a mob i mean even the other mob guys didn't like him but he was such a money earner he he brought so much money in in, in, in into the uh, bonanno family uh but i did tell him one time he 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 embarrassed me in 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 a diner one one morning and uh, i couldn't say anything because there were other made guys there 
But when we were alone, I told him, you know, because you have to stand up for yourself, right? I mean, what are the two things on the street? I mean, you guys know it. Your your credibility, and you can't lose re you can't lose respect. If you lose either one of them, you're dead. But I grabbed him on the side and I said, Tony, you know, don't ever embarrass me again like like that, because you know, I know who you are. But I'll come and get you in the back. I'll stab you in the back. You'll never. <laughs> you like your you like your knives. Hey, Bob Stockman says he's evaluating your performance on this show. If he doesn't like it, he's going to give a couple thumbs down. You know. Bob <laughs> Stockman. What was his Bob Stockman inside both courts? That's right. That's right. I have. Yeah, we just got him on. Yeah, there it is. He Great sent me his book more than you did. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I read your book years ago. Oh you know? well, what did he say to you after you told him that? He was not happy man. But what I but I never got within an arm's length to him. Well, he he got to, well, we'll, we'll get there later after on, but that, you mean, right? Huh? After that. Yeah, yeah, because he he was a knife guy. Uh, and I never, I never got within arm, you know, I made sure I was always an arm's length away from him. Uh, if we were alone. Yeah. You know, Joe, one of the things I wanted to just impart to our audience, you were undercover for six years and you had a wife and three daughters, I believe. Right. Yeah. And you only got to see them anywhere from f four to five times a year. Is that correct? Yeah. They, they lived across the country. So yeah. over six years, you may have seen your family 30 times. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, maybe, maybe not that much. But, you know, what? the, the more important thing is, is that um, uh, I missed all the birthdays, uh, graduations, uh, first, well, confirmations. You know, your wife is Irish. She puts up with that shit. My wife's Jewish. She's calling me when I'm gone for an hour. <laughs> but she's a good earner so i let her get away oh, with it. Gonna, i'll tell I, you when i get to florida i always know i got a place to stay with with with, with inside both courts author bob Stark. Oh, he's a great man he's a great I'll man tell what, i'll tell you what you talk about a stand-up guy that's that is you know el judio grande yeah, the, the, not, you know, if, if you called him at four in the morning and and said, you know, I need you, he wouldn't say, well, it's four o'clock in the morning. He'd just say, where are you? I mean, that's that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you talking so much about him? How about you? Well, he, he made a comment. Hey, that's a technique he used. He got you. Hey, he, he gets over on the number one undercover. <laughs> By you, he knows, he knows he was a he was a good undercover too. Look, he yeah. Was, hey, um, did he tell you I was I was his instructor? I was yes, his he did. He told us that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got a question. Um, who was Sam the plumber from New Elizabeth, New Jersey? He Sam the plumber was uh the Cavalcanti, he was the boss of the New Jersey mob. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he owned the plumbing business. That's why they called him Sam the Plumber. Well, that was his front. I mean, he wasn't a plumber, but he owned a business. Yeah. Uh -huh. So when you say you was, were, were his front, what does that mean? Well, that, that's... Oh, that was his front. 
His front, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he, that he you know, he was a businessman. He owned a, a, a plumbing uh, supply company. Yeah. Some of these guys actually have a like a business and work it too, don't they? Like they actually go there and. Well, you know, if they go, it's a, it's it's to go to pick up a go to pick up some cash. Uh, I mean, you know, they may own this and that, and you know, some clubs, some, some restaurants, but you know, they're not back in in, in the kitchen cooking, you know, mm -hmm. or, or behind the stick serving you know behind the bar no uh -uh. joe no. what was the limits of the crimes the fbi would allow you to partake in while in this undercover operation well the the, the rule of the rule is is that uh, you can't get involved in crimes of violence you know you can't get involved in any you know you can't go in and and, and hold up a joint you know uh <clears throat> so so how if they're going on a stick up how do you say, yeah, I can't go tonight. My, my wife told me to, I got to watch the kids. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, that's a question for another day. Okay. <laughs> I can't make it tonight. I can't find my gun. <laughs> I, got a, I got a migraine. Hey, I'll tell you, we, <laughs> these guys are like anybody else, right? <clears throat> we had a score lined up. All right, we're supposed to go case a joint, and we're all waiting in the club. And uh, one of the main guys, we're waiting, and it's raining like hell. I mean, it, it's a hell of a rainstorm. And uh, <clears throat> like, say we're supposed to meet at eight o'clock. Well, one of the one of the main guys, it's like eight fifteen, eight thirty, nine o'clock. He 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 never shows. So. They call it off. The next day, he, we get to the club. He said, where were you? He said, well, it was raining. He said, yeah, I didn't want to come out and get soaked. He said, it was a big storm out. Said, <laughs> <laughs> There's some cops like that, too. <laughs> we'll call him tomorrow. Can we go yeah. through this operation? But that's uh, that, you know, it's funny that you say that because it's, you know, like there's no call. Hey, we're going to call it. I don't want to play tonight. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there was a book about else. There was a book about the Westies. You remember uh, the, the Westies, yeah, right? Sure. And they were supposed to do a hit for whatever mob family. And they go, Well, we were all set to do the hit, but we got drunk and passed out. I was <laughs> well, like, was, there's, there's some reliable hit guys, Irish drunks. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't you remember they were Irish? <laughs> hey, take it easy there, Joe. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they were a mean crew, man. The Westies, yeah. Um, yeah, so you were, let me ask you, you're away from your family. What was your day like? Because I, I know you, there's probably a lot of hanging out at the club, going yeah, out at night. Yeah. You had your own apartment, right? Yeah, yeah. Would you, you worked out and then you went to meet the boys? Is that what happened? Yeah, I was a big workout guy then. And, uh, uh, you know, usually the way it worked was uh, you, you get down to the social, <clears throat> excuse me, you get down to the social <clears throat> club, maybe 11. 11 11 30 and then uh you have lunch you know you send out for sandwiches and etc et was that was that a yearbook photo we have on the screen <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, your, was that your graduating class <laughs> yeah that's myself and sonny black on the left <clears throat> he was our cat my capo and you know you hang out you uh peppers and eggs was a big uh, a big sandwich you know at the at the local italian place and then in the afternoon, you you uh, 
you play cards, you talk about the, you know, either your bookmaking operation, whatever operations you got going on. You talk, you know, you, you talk about that. Uh, you talk about the family matters, who's, who's screwing up in the family, who wants to take over the family, uh, you know, general bitching going on. And then, you know, maybe, you know, maybe four thirty, five o'clock, everybody goes. And then you, then you come back and you meet back at the, wherever you're hanging out, you know, maybe eight thirty, nine o'clock. And then you go out bouncing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then all from a guy who's not drinking, you got to go bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone asked what the years that you were undercover was 1976 to 1982, correct? Well, the end, of, the end of eighty, the end of seventy-five, yeah, yeah, and then to nineteen eighty-two, yeah. right? And you were pulled out because uh, Sonny Black wanted to, he wanted to straighten you out. <laughs> right? well, he wanted you to become a made guy. Yeah, there was more than that, though. I, I had been, I had been proposed for membership in the Bananos. Uh, I was supposed to get inducted in December. Because uh, that's when the the commission was gonna, as they say, open the books. And what that means is, the you know, the mafia commission tells each family they can induct members. But what happened was, is there, there was a, a beef within the Bonanno family. And on May fifth, the side I was with, which was uh, uh, <clears throat> the capos I was with, they killed three capos that were trying to take over the family, and then. Uh, uh, I got a contract to kill one guy that there was supposed to be four guys show up at the sit down and uh, only only three showed up and Sonny Black gave me the contract to kill the uh, the fourth guy. And that was on, on uh, the hits went down on May 5th. I think on May 7th, I got the contract to kill the other guy. So there was a shooting war now, basically. And every you know, and these guys, they don't carry guns on a daily basis. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, if we were going somewhere, everybody had a weapon, uh, had a gun. Uh, we had several meetings uh, down in uh, with, with the boss of Florida. And that, that was coming up in, in, in uh, July or August. And uh, I convinced the FBI to, you know, let's have one last meet with Santo Traficani, who is the boss of, of all of Florida. Uh, and that was, I think, in the, the end of July, maybe July 27th. And they, I, I convinced them to, to at least go that long and let's have our last meeting with, with him. And that's, and, and that's when they shut it down. It basically was because of the, because of the shooting war going on within the family. That's, that's basically why we, we closed the operation. You mean the, I would have been a made guy in December, yeah. Tell us about your time down in Florida of building up the King's Court because in the film, I mean, that's like, um, it's just such a, the whole film is marvelous, but uh, you know, it's just uh, you, the whole scene when they get the, the game gets broken up and all that. <clears throat> yeah. You, down there, you built a club. Yeah. What happened was that the FBI had another undercover operation going in Florida and they had a nightclub going. Uh, they, they were getting, you know, half-ass wise guys, you know what that, you know, I, these are, you know, guys from uh, New York that, you know, that were down there, but they, you know, they were just doing a little stuff. 
and they weren't they weren't advancing into traffic county who was the, the boss of all of florida so they asked me if i can go down there and uh get the bananos interested uh, which which we did and to make a long story short uh through Sonny Black and, and the Bananos, we were able to set up a meetings with uh, Santo Traficani, and it, we formed a marriage uh, with the Bananos and the, and, uh, the Traficanis. Uh, we formed a marriage. We had this pretty nice uh, club going, as you say, King's Court, and we were running gambling games out of there, and uh, uh, <clears throat> we were paying off the undersheriff of the county, uh, and then one night we got busted, um did you ever take a pinch yeah we all went we all went to the can that night but uh how come you didn't say hey i'm fbi <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta keep the operation going you know that's, that's for sure. tell us in, in the, the the boat story getting that boat uh what did they ever find out about that is, it, is that real true that lefty found out about the yeah. boat about the boat yeah the fbi had a boat and uh i took What's the, it was uh, the afghan right I'm sorry. What was the name of the boat? The Afghan? Or something? Left hand. No, left. Left hand. the left hand. Yeah. And so we went out on it and uh, went fishing. But you know, we went down to Miami one time and went fishing on it with all the wise guys. And uh, the FBI had another undercover operation going. You might remember it was called Afghan. Uh, with all the, the politicians and the media got wind of it. And uh, they wouldn't hold it. They wouldn't hold the story. They so the FBI had to uh, <clears throat> wrap up that investigation. And uh, when they did, you know, when the whole story came out, the the uh, the book was featured in uh, I think it was Newsweek, right on the cover of Newsweek. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I'm with Lefty on an airplane one time, and he he's looking at the magazine. And <laughs> He said, Donnie, you recognize this boat? No, I left. I don't recognize that boat. He said, that's the boat we were on. Nah. He said, Donnie, that's the federal boat. I said, no, it's not. He said, what's the name of that boat? I said, let me look at it. The left hand. He said, what's my name? I said, left Okay, how could he forget it, right? <laughs> I said, left. Look, if they were after us, they would have arrested us already, you know. Uh -huh. But you remember how I got that boat, right? We met we we met these ladies in San Diego and and uh, you bought them dinner and when they were leaving, you know, one of them gives a card and said, Hey, if you're ever in Miami, call my brother. You know, he's got a boat. I said, what do I know? You were there with me, right? So he bought it, but, you know, we continued we continued for three more years. So <laughs> He's not that smart, but you got a good line of shit, that's for sure. Man. <laughs> you talked him out of it. You talked yeah. him right out. Oh, uh, Ryan Investigative, Bill Ryan wants to know, how accurate was the movie? The movie was about 85%. <clears throat> Uh, the book was a hundred. What was not accurate in the movie, and I want to get this across to the audience, is I never slapped my wife. That was that was not in the original script. The director put that in on the day of filming, 
So for all, for your listeners. <laughs> that's important, man. That's very, very important. That's right. That's right. right. And Because just like you think all Irish guys are drunks, everyone thinks all <laughs> Italian guys hit their wives. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't cut that guy's leg off with a hacksaw. Yeah. They actually, they actually cut him up with a chainsaw. He was so big. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, nope. and I didn't have three hundred thousand in a bag. <laughs> Probably not, Mark. I, uh, uh, Joe, we got to go to a quick commercial, okay? All right, yeah, go ahead. Hey, what's up, everybody? We all know about uh, Silk City hot sauce, the best hot sauce in the world, <clears throat> made using locally grown peppers, um, and there are several flavors from mild to wild. Please visit SilkCityHotSauce.com. Put in OTC for off the cuff, and you'll get a 15% discount. Trust me, you'll love it. It's great. I have it every day. Any of you New Yorkers tired of the high taxes, tired of the government, tired of Cuomo, tired of de Blasio? You want to get you want to get the hell out of New York? Well, Carol Waters sells real estate down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She's a former bartender from P Fitzpatrick's Hotel in New York. Her husband is a rollover NYPD to the FDNY. They both are two of the most successful real estate salespeople down in Myrtle Beach. Cal Water sells MB at Gmail. Give her a call at 914-261-6681. You're getting jammed up. <laughs> you need an attorney. You're getting in all kinds of trouble. Well, Joe Murray is a retired member of the service, retired police officer. He's a big supporter of police off the cuff. And we told him, you know, all you people getting in trouble watching this show, if you need a good attorney, there's this, he has a website, joe at jmurray-law.com. So give him a call. Joe, you know what I always wanted to know also? <clears throat> yes, sir. As, as cops, and I consider the FBI cops your law enforcement, right? Yes. We have we have certain body language that we exhibit. And I worked like for six and a half years in anti-crime, which is a lot different than what you did. But I remember I was staking out this crew that was going to break to a front break. And they had the uh, the cap from the fire hydrant they would throw through the window. Uh -huh. And I couldn't get a good vantage point. So I walked a little closer than I should have. And the guy says, hi, officer. And I did <laughs> I did a little stutter step. And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I slapped the shit out of the guy. But, <laughs> but he got me just with that. You know what I mean? Was there yeah. any times in your undercover that someone, you know, saw something or you did look how, cops will stand back because they take the pressure off their back with right. their feet yeah. and that's definitely that's body language that we exhibit yeah. we can't help it and when we you go into a where do you sit when you go into a restaurant right that where too yes you will and you're, yeah facing the door do wise guys do that too yeah 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 they got a lot of the same traits you know they don't want to be found Those out who, looking people in the eye. When you walk into an establishment, you look everybody in the eye because you're looking at the room. And it's something yeah. that, and when you meet when you meet eyes with somebody that you don't trust, you don't look away. Most people would look away. They see somebody scary, they look right away. Cop yeah. will stay looking. And even if you're in regular clothes, and I, I would imagine it, it's something, a similar trait to being a mobster too. You're not going to look away from anybody. No, because, you know, look, one thing about these guys I mean, you know, the real mobsters, you know, today, you know, these young, these young guys that, you know, but the real mobsters, you can't embarrass them. And like you said, that was one of the good things because uh, I found that, you know, 
to be very disarming. You know, most people don't look at people in the eye when they talk to them, you know. Right. So, you know, I always did. It's a good it's a good trick when you're working undercover. Uh, but mob guys are like that, too. You know, you you, ne you never see them going one on one with somebody and looking down or looking at, you know, but looking straight at them. So a lot of a lot of the traits that we carry, they actually carry, too. You know, you know, you speak of that, but also like in my neighborhood that I grew up with, uh, there's rumors of certain people wind up becoming. And growing up, some kids that I grew up with, they wound up, uh, you know, going into that life. But they weren't uh, the toughest guys in the neighborhood. They were, they were the nice, nice people. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess if somebody messes with you, that's when you see that side. Otherwise, they're, you know, if you're not connected in that world, everybody else is, you know, you treat them like, a, like people, like nice. You're a nice person. What were yeah. you? It's the, it's inside that world that it gets a little tricky, you know. If you need something from them, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like I, I, some guys I I hung with. I mean, they weren't real tough guys, you know. I mean, with their fist or anything, but you know, they would have no problem pulling pulling out a knife and stabbing you, or pulling out a gun and shooting you. You know, it's. It's just something else that's that's in there. But if you went one on one with them, you know, hand to hand, you you you'd really take care of them. Uh, and then you know, some guys are are just regular guys, like you know, like Sonny Black. I mean, I could sit and talk to him for for hours. There he is. I could sit and talk to him for hours. Uh, but Stone Cold Killer, and the guy behind him is Santo Traficani, actually. He was the boss of Florida. You know, Joe, I wanted to bring something up about Sonny Black. And I, tell me if this was true. Well, this was true because it was in your book. You said everything in your book was true. You guys were going into a restaurant, and somehow, I don't know, you let your guard down, and some mope came up and put a knife to your face and, and was going to rob you. And Sonny Black knocked the guy out. And in essence... Oh, that, no, that was a... Uh, we were going to a card game. Okay. And uh, actually, it was... <laughs> It, it, it was Ruggiero. Yeah. It was yeah. Lefty? Yeah. Yeah. So Lefty could hit, huh? Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> he was only probably 150 pounds soaking wet, but, you know, he, he, as we say, he was a little botched, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I seen I love from the movie when uh, when he's cooking in, his uh, in the kitchen with his wife? And then he, he kind of sort of yells at her, shut up, don't don't say that. And then he's nice to her, what, two seconds after that. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, he was, he was a hell of a cook, man. Yeah. I used to love to go over his apartment and eat. Hey, Joe, was it sauce or gravy? Well, if it has if it has uh, meat, it's gravy, right? If I don't know, I'm asking you. If it doesn't have meat, it's sauce. Right, the mail. Tell him. I don't know. I'm. I'm not even. The mail's a stage name. I. I oh. My name is Sanchez. Uh, I came. I, when I was on the job, I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing with the acting and the. So I came up with this uh, whole other person. Oh, okay, okay. But tell us about that. Uh, what, what are you doing over there? You're in Florida, there. That's in Florida. That's around the pool. That's me and and Sunny Black. That was on one of our meetings with. Uh, <clears throat> that we had to meet traffic candy. We were just hanging out at the pool, 
Yeah. Were you considered to be a good earner? Yeah, actually I was because I was able to, to, to uh, well, when I, you know, when I married up the, the, the Bananos with, with Traficani, we had that club and, you know, the club was going good. Uh, and, and before that, I actually was able to, when I say, you know, and I'm saying me, but it was, you know, the operation. Uh, the FBI had another undercover operation going out in Milwaukee against the, uh, the Balistrieri family who was connected to Chicago. And I was able to able to marry those, you know, marry them up with the Bananos. Uh, so yeah, I was considered a pretty good earner. Yeah. Did you ever give them just money, like from like some jewel heist that never even happened? That was just yeah. Well, yeah, I would. I had to, you know. Every once in a while, I bring around a, you know, a couple thousand, and you know, give it to Lefty or give it to Sonny, and say, hey, you know, I did a score out at the airport. Uh, because everybody was stealing from the Air Force, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny how sometimes you couldn't get the resources from the FBI that you needed to do certain operations. And it reminds me of the NYPD. I remember when I was in the 2-3 squad, we were down to one car, and that car broke down. We had no cars. We were walking, <laughs> we were walking to murders. And they were like, you can't believe this shit. The biggest police, the most famous police department <laughs> in the world, and a detective squad has no cars. You know? yeah. Well, with, with us, it wasn't so much <clears throat> the money. It was uh, like, you know, we get funded every so, you know, the undercover operation gets, you know, and I don't know how they do it now because, you know, I, I, I've been out of it. But we would get funded uh, uh I think it was once a month or, or whatever. And if, if the funds got low and I used to get mine in cash because I had to pay for my apartment, you know, I had to pay all my utilities. So my guy used to just hand me, hand me cash. Uh, <clears throat> Cause we didn't have anything set up with contacts uh, as far as a, my apartment, my car. I just went out and bought a car. Uh, you know, everything was done just like I was a regular guy just going to do it. Uh, and what like kind of car did you have? I'm sorry? What kind of car did you have? I started out with a Cadillac. <laughs> of course you did. But then what I did was once I once I had I, I infiltrated with the Bananos, uh and and I lived up on the 92nd and uh, in, I lived in Yorkville. You know, Rupert Towers? Yeah, yeah. That's where I live. And uh, once I got in with them, you know, and then what I did was I got rid of the car. And I said, you know, guys, and while I'm talking to the left, they said, you know, it's costing me, I don't know, 300 bucks a month to park this car. Of course, that was cheap back then, but it was a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, back then it was a lot of money. I said, I'm going to sell my car. What do I need this car for? If I need a car, I can borrow yours. <laughs> or you yeah. could just take an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a small, real thing to do. But think about it. What did that make me? It made me a real person. Yeah, it's such a smart, real thing to do. Really, you know, it's like everybody wants all this flash, cash, cars, you know. Um, what would a real person do? What do I need this car for? So it's I got rid of it. When I had to go downtown, you know, 
I, I took a cab. Uh-huh. I took a cab. Hey, Joe, I would never ask this question because I'm a stand-up guy, but one of the ladies wants to ask you this question. Is it okay? I can read it. Uh, she says, how did you stay away from the ladies when you were single, according to them? Because I was a good undercover agent, and I had a good line of BS. That's why. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, you know, that would make a lot of sense. This makes a lot of sense because if you're you're single and you're out in the clubs and everything and all these gorgeous women are coming on to you, yeah. how did you, like, play off that you Well, what I did was, you know, everything is set up when you first go under. Okay, I mean, you got to set up your whole background, who you are. And my story was, is that uh, I had a girlfriend in California and uh, uh, I was just loyal to my girlfriend in California. And uh, whenever I I did go home, that's where I tell Lefty I was going. I was going to see my girl in California, you know, Uh, you know. Nobody, you know, it's it's like as long as you got a a story that's believable, that's all you need. Uh-huh. But did how about this would be a huge fear for me that you would run into someone that you know from your other life while you're with your wise guy friends? Well, did you see the movie? I did. Yeah, yeah. Is that what happened in the airport? Yeah, yeah. I forget that. I saw the movie. Look, the movie came out in 97. I don't exactly remember every scene. A hundred times. <laughs> I've seen the movie a hundred times. All right. What was, what, what, who'd you run into in the uh, movie? Another FBI agent. No, it was a, it was a, a lawyer. A lawyer. A U.S. Uh, it was a U.S. attorney. And I yeah. was in the airport with Sonny. And uh, <clears throat> you said, the guy tried to grab my ass, right? Well, I, I said, <laughs> what, happened, right? what happened was that the guy's calling, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. So when he gets up close, I, I hit him. And Sonny said, I said, come on, Sonny, let's get out of here. He said, what did you hit him for? I said, Sonny, the guy was looking at my prick. I told him he was going to grab it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to insult your audience. Or no, 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 no. It's funny. It's great. But I, you know, I swear to God, though, I, 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 whenever I travel, for whatever reason, I run into people I know. So yeah. it can happen, right? It really yeah. can happen. Yeah. You could yeah. run into Bob Stockman anywhere. You don't know where that guy's going to be. Yeah, I mean, you could be in uh, Rome and you run into him. Believe me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he's Roman. He's he's Roman. <clears throat> hey, there you go. I want to plug your books a little bit. There's Donnie Brasco, My Undercover Life in the Mafia. And Donnie Brasco, Unfinished Business. And what's the Unfinished Business book about? That's the second book, you know, uh, with the trials and stuff that I couldn't say in the first book because I was still testifying. So Unfinished Business is, you know, what happened when I was uh, done testifying, uh, et cetera. And can I also mention my podcast? Is that absolutely, absolutely? I got a podcast called Deep Cover: The Real Donnie Brasco. We're in our second season. The first season, I think we did nineteen episodes, and this season uh, it drops every Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow it'll drop, uh, and tomorrow I'm on with uh, Michael Frances. You know who Michael Frances? Oh yeah, he's got a great. That guy's doing well in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, world. yeah I've known Michael for over twenty years. Uh, I met him when I was under, never did anything with him. Then actually we met when, when 
he got out, I got out, and we became we became friends. Uh, he, he's he, he's one of the guys that went legit. I mean, he really did. Sammy the Bull has a podcast too now. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good podcast. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to comment about that one. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, well could, I don't know. Could you read his body language? I could read it. No, I, get, I, I get it. I get it. But I, that was a little bit after your time, anyway. You already. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know Sammy, so I can't make you know. Uh, but I know Michael, and uh, you know, like I say, Michael, Michael's legitimately legit. If that's a, uh, but yeah, it's it's deep cover to real Donnie Brasco, and uh, Jam Street Media is the production company. But you can get it on Apple or Spotify, anywhere you get your. Uh, you know, you get your podcast and a new one, like I say, a new one drops every Wednesday. Isn't it amazing how, what a life, a lone life it is where you could go through all these different things in your life. And then here you are, everybody's got a podcast. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's crazy is that when you're doing it, you never think you're going to, you know, like when I'm working that operation, I never, I'm not thinking about a book. I'm not thinking about a movie. I'm not thinking about no way. You're just doing your job. I mean, right or wrong, right? You guys know you're just doing your job. That's it. Uh, Joe, someone wants to ask, looking back during your assignment, uh, is there anything you would do differently? Uh, anything I would do differently? Yeah, there were <laughs> some people that I would have liked to have put in jail that I didn't. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I find uh, so interesting about you is that even though you, you had intimate relationships with all these people, you still knew the line. And uh, when when everything was going down, the movie is is uh, very sympathetic to it. Like the music that's playing in the background, yeah. it kind of almost lends itself to believe that you felt bad and all this, that, and the other. But that's not the truth. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and and another thing that that uh, that comes to mind uh, – my, my wife and I never went, never went to a psychiatrist. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, well, a, a marriage counselor. Marriage counselor, yeah, that 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 never happened. Uh, she understood what was going on, and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we look. Guys go undercover for a lot of different reasons, and I went undercover because when I first started doing it, I was good at it. You know, some guys go undercover because they want to get away from their home situation. They want to get away from, you know, uh, their work situation. That's not the reason I went. I went because, you know, I, I, I was good at it. And I don't mean to pat myself on the, on the back, but I mean, that's, you know, uh, and uh, to me, it was just another part of the investigation. I mean, all the undercover operations I did, uh, when it was time to quit, I, I quit. When I said quit, I mean, when they ended, they ended, you know, I would have liked this one go because I, you know, my, my thing was, Hey, look, we're going to, we got a shot to get an FBI agent made into the mafia. Can you imagine the, the embarrassment? But, yeah. you know, but there is also too, uh, you, you did mention that you wanted people to go to jail, but you didn't want them to die. There was a lot of people who got killed after that. A lot of mobsters. Yeah, exactly. You know, your job, you know, is to gather evidence and bring them to court and get them convicted and put them in jail. Uh, even though these guys were killers, I, I didn't want to see anybody get killed. I mean, they killed Sonny Black. They killed Tony Mira. Tony Mira, you know, <laughs> that's kind of iffy, you know, about uh, – <clears throat> 
I, you, you, yeah, you didn't feel too bad about him. I didn't feel too bad about him. Yeah. Back. And they killed, <laughs> they killed the Colombo guy. And uh, Lefty was on his way to get whacked. Uh, and and the FBI picked it up on a wiretap that he was uh, uh, that they were going to whack him when he got to the uh, to the club. Uh, so they snatched him up, and I think he did fifteen, and then he had terminal cancer. So they uh, cancer of the dick. He had he that guy had more cancers, and he wouldn't die. And that was the line from the movie, Bill. Can I got yeah, I got cancer of the dick. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I got cancer of the dick. That's the truth. He did. He did. <laughs> you know, Joe. You said before, like uh, something about the movie said that you and your wife went for um, counseling. But one of the things that we acknowledge as law enforcement, we have on our show a lot of times, that most of us have a level of PTSD. I mean, we've seen some horrendous, horrendous shit, you know, and I don't think there's any shame of admitting to that. I think I have a touch of it. You know, do you think you got a touch of PTSD from seeing and doing the things that you've done? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, I don't know the symptoms, you know. I mean, well, do, do bad th things pop into your head sometimes? Pictures of things that you've seen? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling the no, truth. No. I'm telling well, the truth. I, you know, when I first, you know, up until a few years ago, uh, I would I would go into a restaurant, tell them I had a reservation, and I never did. You know, I don't know what this. If they say you don't have any reservation, you know, I say, well, you better check. I think I do have one. Uh -huh. And I got to, you know, sometimes like I, I don't I don't suffer fools, you know. Uh, I don't like incompetent people. Uh, now that might be a you know. You think that's PTSD? <laughs> I, think, I think that also. I think that helped you get along in your undercover operation. All these traits that you had. You don't suffer fools. Yeah. Neither does a mobster either. Exactly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you talk about PTSD, Bill. I, was, I did a podcast today, and they somebody asked me about uh, like. Um, did you ever witness a suicide? And then they all went through my head. And like in one second, I saw like five of them. <laughs> like yeah. real quick, like all the ones that I could remember off the top of my head. And it's a weird, it's an odd thing when people tell you that, because I don't think about it, but it's back there somewhere. Right. Those pictures yeah, I, are I, imprinted I, in your brain. What pops into my head every now and then is when I was with Naval Intelligence, uh, uh, we had a suicide, uh, uh, an officer. And just going into that, just going to his uh, uh, BOQ was like, you know, I mean, but yeah, everyone's, and, and that happened in, you know, yeah. how, how many years ago? You know, I had a 19-year-old girl from the Manhattan School of Music jump off uh, the six-story uh, thing. And wow. Yeah. You know, that's something that you never forget, the yeah. shoe. Yeah. Well, Joe, how about like when Bob Stockman picks up a dinner check? Well, yeah. <laughs> do, you get, do you get PTSD from that? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I can't say anything bad about Starkman paying paying luncheon luncheon or coffee. Uh, every time I'm down in Florida and I go out with him, he he picks up the luncheon tag. Hey, Joe, him. I'm just busting his balls. This oh, is not, this is cop humor. Oh, also, <laughs> Doctor Stephen Washkel, who is actually a, a PTSD and suicide expert. He has a question. Once they closed the operation, was there any form of debriefing before returning to the real world? 
Yes. What happened was is that uh, once they once they close the operation, uh, I go to Washington. I sit down with uh, people at he at headquarters. We go over the whole Megillah, uh, everything, the case. Uh, now, if, if he's asking, was there a, a, a site debriefing? No, back then we didn't have that. We have it now. But there was enough debriefing with, with U.S. attorneys, uh, FBI agents, uh, in, 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 I think, six different divisions. So that was my debriefing. I mean, now we have a full complement of psychologists that are FBI agents uh, that work with our undercovers. Yeah, yeah. Joe, Juan Valdez asks, uh, Joe, what do you think of the FBI today? I think I think that the working street agents are out doing their job. Uh, I don't have too much love for the seventh floor. And the seventh floor is FBI headquarters. Uh, the street agents... It's the one police plaza of the feds, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, right. right. Puzzle Palace. The street yeah. agents are out because I, I got the, I, you know, I, I got a relative. Uh, uh, one retired a couple years ago. One still in that are agents. And, you know, the brick agents are out there doing what they got to do, you know. Uh, and I, I, I hate to say it because I love the FBI, but. Uh, we had a couple directors that uh, that really, really put the screws to, to the organization. Yeah. The, uh, if you were in charge of the FBI right now, would you focus on organized crime or would you more focus on domestic terrorism, um, BLM, Antifa, all these other groups that uh, the riots and all these other things. I focus on the groups that are that are committing the crimes, the ones that are committing riots. You know, uh, Antifa. You know, uh, I don't know. You know, they're the groups uh, that I would uh, focus on, and I, I I I wouldn't let my foot off the Italian organized crime, the Russian organized crime. The Albanian organized crime, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, Colombians, the Jamaicans. I mean, <laughs> no, but they do. They <laughs> they've got a they've got a pass because we're focusing on, you know, domestic guy people that that love the country. I, I, you know. I, <laughs> It's, yeah, but there was there was a moment there, a lot of for a couple of years, where you saw this uh, rounding up all the uh, the bookies the, the day of the Super Bowl <laughs> coming out of their house, all the Italian mob guys who were taking uh, you know bets for the game. Now all that stuff is online and legalized. But I used to get a kick out of it. I'm like, is that what we're doing? Really, we're getting these old men for yeah. uh, for taking money for betting on the the Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, you know. <clears throat> It uh, it all you know when I, it it all goes back to who's making all the money and 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 who's not making the money, and uh, how big you know how the drug the, the drugs are coming across the border. Do we have a crisis at the border? <laughs> I think so. What's your opinion? 
A hundred percent. You know, my opinion is thank God I live up here. <laughs> how come? How come if you're from Ireland, Italy, you can't just come in, you know, and 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 get handouts from the government, you know, or from these other countries? Well, you could, but you'd have to take a flight to Mexico, and then you'd have to walk in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You no, know, Joe. Someone asked in regards to that U.S. attorney that ran into you in the airport. Years later, did you ever follow up with that guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you ask him why he was trying to grab your balls? <laughs> no, <laughs> he was looking at my prick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I mean, he didn't know that that I was working undercover because I hadn't seen him in years. You know, right, right. <clears throat> so but it all it all all was good. All worked out. It's uh, such a small world. Yeah, Joe, you Joe, you have the most amazing story, and I I mean. You you're eighty one years old. Is that correct? Man, you asking me my age? Yeah, well, I know you're eighty. No, that's a, that's a statement. Yeah. You're you're yeah. you're in unbelievable shape. Are yeah. you still are you still playing hoops? You know, no, but I I work out. I I I do light weights and jump rope and you know. But yeah, I love you. Look, the, you look fantastic. I don't think I can. Yeah. I don't think I can. Well, jump shot anymore i don't know <laughs> well we got you well we still got you um the 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 taking off the uh the shoes in the in the japanese restaurant did that really happen yeah but it wasn't that bad i mean that guy didn't get beat beat up like that no but what you just got a smack in the face Shut yeah, up. yeah 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 the rest of it was the embellished yeah well you know like they say we got to put asses in the seats right yeah, 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 yeah. But that was an interesting moment. You know, you had the um, – because just being undercover, you know, you have to record this stuff. There has to be evidence, yeah. evidence. So you're not just undercover floating around with everybody all day. That's not a problem. It's the fact that you have to have this recording device on you. Like, why do you have a recording – if anybody ever found that recording device, you'd be dead. Exactly. And 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 and, and, and in all honesty, I didn't I – didn't, wear device that 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 many times uh it was when i figured that i was going to going to get into good good conversation that i that i should record uh, but uh, uh most of it was just you know uh what we call a 302 report of an interview uh or my my conversations with people and i never wrote anything down uh i would telephone my contact agent and just regurgitate everything over the phone to him. Okay. Because in the movie you see you sitting down there writing your reports out. Yeah. No, that never happened. No. Yeah, right. uh, Mark, I just want to shout out to some of our uh, folks listening in the chat. Of course, Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders fame, K Jack images, Richella Pranzo, Mimi J2, Matt Sully, Liam, Ryan investigative group, Matt Sully, Joey Brooklyn, Smith bro, um, well, boxing MMA, Suzanne Reek, Joe Murray. We read your commercial before, Joe. Joshua, thanks for all your help. Gaspar Ramirez, Bob Starkman. I, Bob, I don't mean to break your balls, but you were a convenient scapegoat during the show. I love you. I want to, I want to, I want to visit you guys in Florida and we'll go out. But, but, uh, Joe's still deep undercover. He gives me a pseudonym in his email. Starcosa News, Topics and Visual Articles, Black Rose, OG Bosgale, uh, 
Who else we got here? I'm going through this fast. Gaspar Ramirez, Black Bob Starkman again. Stephen Washkill. He gave a ten dollars, a nine ninety nine super sticker. Thank you guys, all you folks. I couldn't call you out individual for all those super chats. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of our fans that belong to our uh, YouTube. You're a subscriber. All our Patreon fans that actually pay to watch this show monthly. We love you guys. Uh, and I mean, Joe, Joe, Joe Murray just threw us ten bucks, and that's a lawyer's. That's a lawyer's ten bucks. Wow. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Joe. Uh, Joe, you have the most unbelievable story, and I mean, I, and I, it's great that you're still doing things. I mean, you got any movies coming up or what? No, but I'm working on uh, uh, a TV show. I mean, you know, when I say it, it it's not in production or anything. Uh, I'm working with 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 uh, some writers uh, and uh, an FBI guy that uh, that it's going to be based on. And I would, I can't say anything because it, you know, it's not out there yet. So Netflix, hopefully, hopefully we can get that going. Prime, and, Amazon and, Prime, Netflix. I could see it. I could see an extended series because yeah, that's what, what's going on right now with production. Yeah. They want, you know, they take these movies and then they break them down. Yep. Break them down yep. to these all these individual stories, and you can go on that story. I know. Yep. And uh, just my podcast, Deep Cover, The Real Donnie Brasco. So. I'm going to subscribe to it. Yeah, uh, me too, man. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, know? well, start with, you know, like I say, the first season, we've got 19 episodes on there. Yep. How long do you go per episode? You go for an hour? No, no. Uh, usually 30 minutes. Now, the one tomorrow with, with Michael, that's 51 minutes because uh, – it was so good we didn't want to break it up into two episodes. Yeah. So we went the whole fifty-one. Minutes. He he's actually a hell of a good interviewer. He really is. Yeah, he's a yeah, smart he's guy. A smart guy. Yeah. Joe, yeah. so one last question before yes, we sir. sign off, because we're at an hour and two minutes. We usually try to keep it around an hour. Um, are you still looking over your shoulder? Mm, not really. I mean, you know. I don't advertise who I am, where I live, you know. Uh, and are, are you strapped when you go out? Yeah. Well, <laughs> everybody is, aren't he's they? Got, he's got 14 guns on him, but he's not paranoid. <laughs> no, I tell you what, I'm not a gun guy. I'm not either. I'm not a gun guy. Uh, but, you know, you, you, I keep a little one because everybody's crazy today. I mean – you know, you read you read the post every day. Drive-by shootings. You, you know, I mean, it's so. You, you know, do you want to be caught with you know with your pants down there? Or? Never leave home without it. That's my. Uh, right? When I go when I go into the city, I'm strapped. You gotta up be here, nuts up here in Westchester. You know, if I go to a mall, I'm strapped. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, and then certain places that are two clip locations. He, he, so. he mows his garden. <laughs> he, he mows his lawn. He's, yeah, he's, with he's an ankle holster on, just yeah. in case. <laughs> just to let the neighbors know. Uh, I, you know what I always found on the police department? It was the biggest empty suit that carried the most guns. Yeah, you know? I, I tell you what. You know, even when I was on the job doing, you know, I mean, I always had my gun because you had to, you know. But I was not—I was never really, a, you know, a gun nut. You know, I mean, yeah. what did what did the FBI guys carry? Forty fives. Uh, now they were carrying uh, 
they had, I don't know if they're carrying the 45s or the SIGs now, or the Glocks. Oh, the six hour nine or the, or the Glock? Yeah, nine? yeah. A, lot of them, a lot of them got are, are carrying Glocks, I think. I, I, you know, it's, I don't know. When I, when my last years, we had the six hour. That's, that's what we had, you know? Yeah. Joe, it's been such a pleasure meeting you. Oh, my pleasure. And, and I'll tell you something. You're, you're a regular guy too. You look, cops oh, are you. cops, cops <laughs> are cops, right? You can go to a cop all over the world and you all have the same sense of humor. We're yeah. all ball, we're all ball breakers. Yeah. And it's uh, it's great to, uh, to have had you on the show. Final well, thoughts, yeah. final thoughts, Mark. I just want to say it was an honor. Uh, no, my pleasure. I'm a big my fan. Pleasure. I'm a big fan. God bless you. Oh, thank you're you. All the best. Thank you. Coming on. And uh, when the next time I go down to Florida, I'm going to reach out to Starkman. And if you're around, yeah, I'll me take, too. I'll all take right, you out. Right. I'll take you out for a half a beer. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. All right, for all, all right, you guys. police off the cuff fans. Thank you. This very is much. a Take great care. show with Joe Pistone. Everyone, good night. Thank you so much for watching. God bless. God bless.